This is Phoenix FM. FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Presenting the show that's all about the O's. Tonight I'm joined by the director of football, Martin Ling, together with the former sports editor of the, the recorded group of newspapers and the current contributor to the club's match day magazine, that's Trevor Davis. Also in the studio, Oliver, uh, Mike, and Darren, and then being supported by Nigel, learning about how to present from here on in, and uh, there's plenty to talk about. You can tweet at the Orient Hour or you can email at radio at phoenixfm.com. Uh, I've got plenty of questions already for Martin from the message board. I think I've got a half a dozen pages or so there. Uh, but first of all, as always, we reflect on what happened yesterday with the O's returning to winning ways against Maidstone. They're struggling, but with the turn of John Still, uh, who gained promotion with the men from Kent back in 1989 into the Football League and now facing a relegation battle. But there was no doubt that his return would ignite uh, and sort of renew uh, the faith there. And Maidstone started very, very brightly. But late night, uh, took the lead. A big deflection helping Jordan Maguire-Drew to score his first for the club. Then two from Macaulay Bond secured three points for the O's. But an injury to Josh Caroma was probably the... Uh, meant that the result came at a big price. But today, looking at all the tweets and texts, they're not talking about the result, they're not talking about the goals, they're not even talking about the injury. Everybody's talking about the squirrel. The little squirrel that ran onto the pitch, stopped the game for a little while, and uh, that's what everybody's talking about. We'll be talking about it towards the end of this show. What I want to know is the strangest reasons why you've been at a game that has either been stopped, abandoned, or postponed. Well... Normally at this stage, we hear from Justin Edinburgh, as you know. Um, what normally happens is that I um, interview Justin using my iPhone and then I email it to Chris Hood. But we all know that Chris has moved uh, to Norfolk. And yesterday, just before the game, Andy Gilson was saying, I'm not sure, I think um, that Chris may no longer be able to access the um, computer here at Phoenix FM. I'm thinking, goodness me, what are we going to do without a Justin Edinburgh interview? Simon O'Connor, the club photographer, you know him well. Um, I normally give him a lift to away games. And after the match, uh, Simon normally says to me, what did uh, Justin say? And I play Justin's interview. 
and over the weeks and months, Simon has actually got very good at imitating Justin. So I thought, I've got a good idea here. Um, we could get Simon in. I could transcribe the interview. And Simon, he, he's got it all. He's got the listen, Dave's, and the no, yes, and the, he's got it good. He does a very good Martin Ling as well. And for somebody that from the uh, northeast, he's got a very good um, Essex accent. Well, I thought it's not going to work because um, Simon um, wouldn't want to come in, that's for sure. And I think Justin might be a little bit upset. But fortunately, thanks to Nigel, this, with a bit of luck, is the real Justin Edinburgh. Well, Justin, thanks for joining us. Congratulations. No, on an important win. Move on. I can tell you the highlight. Good win off a, a back of um, a really good week. We had a good week on the training ground. I think we, uh, you know, we need to rekindle that confidence within the group. Um, and the reaction that we that we all wanted and, and really we get to expect. So yeah, no, a, a pleasing end to a to a good week. Because although they were a side that are struggling, with John still back in charge, it was always going to be a tough one today, wasn't it? It was going to be difficult. We was unsure of how they'd come and play. Um, you always any new manager going in is looking for a reaction from a group I think he got that there's no doubt about that uh, from what we'd seen previously so yeah it was going to be a difficult encounter and um, you know it was difficult for both teams I think to get a foothold early on in the game but I think once we scored it settled the nerves settled the crowd and, and, and we went on to win the game and think we, you know we were worthy of that psychologically a big goal for the side but also for Jordan Maguire drew his first for the club yeah, uh, I think Maka said if he's getting that one, then he should get to having a more Louisville one. But uh, that's for debate. But no, I th listen, I think what was positive about us today was we played off the front foot and uh, that typified in the first goal. You know, I think <laughs> a recent couple of weeks we might have took a step back, we took a step forward. And, and if you do that more than not, you get your rewards. So is it 20 or 21 for Macaulay Bond? Uh, 21, I believe. But um, yeah, that's, that's for a debate another day, wasn't it? Yeah, but no, I think listen, it's um, it, it settled our performance down. I, I think we were starting to get a foothold in the game, and we were looking like our old self. And I was that was pleased me more. I think listen, there's big big pluses today. We had a captain back who, you know, he's, he assures the group, and, and there's nothing you, you you know you can't replace that. And I think the the energy and the, and the uh, the force of Craig Clay was a was a big boost for us today as well. But it was a win that came at a cost. Uh, Josh Cromer has been outstanding this season. What's the news on his injury? Um, well, it's a hamstring injury. We're not sure of the extent of that. We'll know that over the next couple of days. But, um, you know, if I, you're asking me on the spot, I reckon, you know, we'll probably be missing him for a couple of weeks. That That's going to be the, the best we could hope for, I guess. There was no Dale Gorman on the bench. Is that an injury? No, no, no. There was no James Alabi. There's no Dale Gorman. Um... So they, they miss out. It's just, um, you know, I, I thought that Alex done well last week in, in what wasn't uh, the, the right result we wanted. And, and I think to have left him out of the group altogether would have been totally unfair. So that, 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 that would be the reason. So the squad is being tested. News on any new signings? No, no news. Um, you know, we'll have to assess that now. That's something I said to you last week that... Um, you know, we had to bring reinforcements in, in 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 Jamie Turley. I thought it was excellent at the back today with Dan Appy. I think worthy of the clean sheet. So you know that 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 comes at a cost because we have to find extra revenue for that. So we, you know, listen, we I'm sure we'll be backed 
if we need, if Josh is going to be a long-term one, then we may have to look at that and, and try and bring resources in. Days of social media, there was uh, pictures of Jay Simpson enjoying the match. I'm sure, yeah. I, listen, nothing's changed. Jay's been with us. Um, he knows where we are. You know, he's been training well with us. Yeah, listen, I think people can turn to and come up with as many as they want. That's, we're just, like I said to you earlier, that we've allowed him to use the facility to keep yourself ticking over. You've been in the game a long time. Have you ever known a, a match stop because of a squirrel? I thought it was James Brophy at one stage, but <laughs> no. Um, not a squirrel. I've seen others, cats and birds and foxes, but not a squirrel. Why would you stop a game for a squirrel? I suppose um, health and safety to the squirrel, I guess. <laughs> I suppose that, that probably wouldn't go down well when the uh, people who observe nature and things would probably think you're being a bit wicked and cruel why would you why wouldn't you stop it for a squirrel well then what if he took out Dan Appy or something and he <laughs> fell over and they scored I don't know there were some very strange decisions though <laughs> oh, is that what you're trying to get to <laughs> I was um, trying to get to that well I actually thought they'd replace the ref with a squirrel that's what I was hoping <laughs> I, listen I think it's it's like you know we laugh and you know we can look at it but uh, I've got to say, I, I, was, I was bemused with some of the decisions today. Absolutely bemused. Um, but, you know, um, hopefully, you know, it's his first season in this league and he can learn from that. But I think if he's honest with himself, he can, he can learn a lot from his performance today. Of course, it's your top of the table and there's a uh, focus now on the FA Trophy, Blythe Sparsons. Again, you're approaching that one as a game you want to win? Without a doubt. I think everyone knows since I've been here. I, I think it's a competition that... We truly feel that we can get to, to as close to win it um, and, and that will reflect in the, the side that I put out next week. There's no doubt about that. It's, uh, it's a home game. It's a game that we feel that can win. We're obviously going to be up against an opposition that are coming here to, to, to prove themselves and coming from a lower level. But I yeah, know, listen, it will be a, a, a team that I feel that can win the game. Over 5,000 at uh, the Ma uh, Brisbane Road. Very group stadium. Oh, you're getting it wrong. Yeah, yeah you're having a bad day. Um, no, excellent support. And, um, you know, I think they, they stay calm and they stay behind us. And, um, yeah, another another victory and uh, send them everyone home happy again. Finally, can I ask about George Elacobi? I don't want to ask about oh, the incident, but uh, I know he's on the transfer list. Is he still training? No. No, he's not training. Thank you, Justin. Well, there's Justin Andy Murphy. Finally, it wouldn't be dulcet day without a technical problem or two, would it? Um, but uh, as Justin saying, uh, Martin Leighton went worthy of the win. Yeah, I thought it was a, a good solid display. I thought that uh, first 15 minutes was a little bit nervy from both teams actually. Uh, but once we got a foothold in the game, I thought we were comfortable winners. And, and if you look back over the the 90 minutes, uh, Dean Bill didn't really get his knees dirty at all. Yeah, so. Defensively, we were solid. We always looked a threat going forward, and uh, it was back to what we'd, we've been, you know, most of the season. And uh, it was a, a, a very accomplished performance. And Trevor, after the lull, it was so important that Leighton Oink got back to winning ways. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think um, it sets everything up nicely now for the last 15 games of the season. I think three-point lead at the top of the table. Um, you know, you've now got a chance really to try and push on from there. Um, I know Martin loves to divide the games into uh, blocks of five, and there's three blocks of five to go. So yeah, we are, we always we always do that. Talk about blocks of five and the points that we want. Uh, the last two blocks of five have not been as productive as we hoped they would be, but there was plenty of productive blocks at the start of the season that's made up that gap. So 
I still think that looking at now at the yeah, average of two points per game, 92 points, I think he's going to win that league now. I wouldn't have said that eight games ago, but we ain't been brilliant form, but nor Salford, nor Wrexham, you know, and it's close up, there's five teams that are within four points in there of each other, so um, I would guess that 92 would be a winning score. I'm not sure over the, 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 the previous few years how many times that's been, but it wouldn't be very many times. I, I did have a look actually before we come out. Macclesfield won it with 92 right. last year, um, uh, but they're the only. There's only two years in the last five where 92 would have been enough. Mm. Lincoln got 99, um, Cheltenham got 101, and Luton got 101. Yeah. But 92 has been enough. Has been. Yeah. Under Justin, one of the changes is the way in which this side bounced back f from defeat and disappointment. Yeah, I just think that's. That's important in any team, uh, but this year, every time that we're, we've been asked a question, there has been a defeat or, or, or two defeats, we have come back with a positive result. And uh, there, there has been games where we haven't been up to the standard that we expect and just didn't expect, but as you say, you always, always come back with an answer. I think that just shows that a, a side that's got quality within it, but also the mentality we work on day in day out around their players at the training ground every every time there's a training session going on and I'm not over there very often but when I'm over there it's a full pedal there ain't no training that's, that's done at half, half speed everything's done once they get into the full pedal type of training they're on it so they're, they're used to that mentality all the time of win 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 and, and, and uh, I think that shows in going into the games it certainly does, and um, he's got that winning mentality. He wants to win every game. That includes the FA tr uh, Trophy. But the lull coincided with the injury to Joe B. McEnough. He returned um, yesterday, and the captain is so important, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. I, th I think that in some ways the trophy's come at a good time because, um, you know, he was able to have a week off when they went to Wrexham. Um, you know, hopefully he's come back well yesterday and come through any reaction, but then there's the trophy again next week, so he could actually, you know, rest him if he wanted to. And you've you've had two weeks there, a chance to get all the other players fit as well. Um, you know, you've got Craig Clay back now, and I think he's been hugely influential this season. Just about what Trev's there, it says there, if we beat Blythe, we've only got two league games in February, and that would, in the, with the injuries we've got, in the, in the treatment room now. I don't know about just crime until tomorrow when we have the scan, but every other injury will be back at the start of March. So, it, worst way is going to miss two, two league games. So for us, with the, with the, with the injuries we've got in there, it, it has come out of the time, like Trev just said. The new boys have settled well, particularly to start with Jamie Turley, his first start. Yeah, I thought he'd done excellent to us. He only came on for 20 minutes in the first game. He was he was a he was a new person to me. I'll be honest with you, I didn't really know Jamie. Uh, Justin uh, knew knew of him and Steve Foster, our chief scout, knew of him, but we done all our due diligence, spoke to the people of Notts County, speak to the people at other clubs that he's been there and everything come back positive and uh, he has been yeah, he's been a good signing after one game. Jordan Maguire drew is a bit different because I watched Jordan probably at least a dozen times because obviously he played at Dagenham for the season and he played in front of Sam, my Sam. So I, I, I see enough of him and, and when, I, when I've seen that 
amount of a player, then I can just put my stamp on it and say that he's a good player and I'm happy with him. Same like Joe Widdison, I see a lot of him in the same team. So, and, and Jordan will be, I think Jordan and Jamie will be uh, good signings for us and, and, and you know, giving us that little bit of burst that we need going into the last few games of the season. George Sessions from uh, obviously the re uh, recorder knows Dagnan well and he was singing Jordan's uh, praises. He is unusual because he's such a young player to have so much experience in the National League. Yeah, he, uh, he played at Dagnan when he was 18. He came, and what I liked about him and, and when I spoke to Sam, he got friendly with Jordan there and he said he, he, he asked to come out because he didn't like the 23's football. At Brian, he said it was uh, too easy, it wasn't enough on it, and he went to go and play men's football as quick as he could. So, I think that shows a mentality. I think another thing to him that, that's very unusual is very, very two footed. Yes. You know, I mean, most left footers, which he is, uh, their right one is just standing, you know, standing room only. But for, for John, he's very, very much two footed, and he can. He can cross with both feet and he can shoot with both feet and I think that's a good asset to have. And Matt Hiscock in commentary yesterday made the observation that he's actually taking corners from both sides. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's, a, he's a very talented boy, you know, and, and uh, he's obviously got to settle in. And, 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 but we, he does what, you know, we, Justin likes his wingers to, to come off the line and, and, and sometimes create a, come into a pocket behind the front two to cause problems. Like Joby comes in naturally, he comes in naturally, James Dayton comes in naturally, and Brophy, Brophy's the one really that goes on the outside, but he can come in. So we looked at him and just thought he'd, he'd be a good fit for us as a club. We've mentioned that uh, Joby McEnough was definitely um, missed, you know, a big, big absentee. So too was Craig Clay. He's like a different player this season, isn't he? Yeah, he's like a different player this season, and uh, everybody spoke about him and Widdison being poor signings last year. I never ever see it the same as, as the fans, if I'm totally honest. And I think it's been proven this year that, that they're, they're, they've been really good signings for us. And, and uh, you know, it's, sometimes it takes people to settle for a little while. Uh, but I just think sometimes as a, as a group of supporters, a group of staff, a group of press, we can, we can, we can, we can make a decision too quickly. As I say, Clay and Widdison have been as good as anything this season, but last year, you know, everyone was telling me what poor signings they were. I didn't agree then, uh, I agree that good signings now. And we also really recognising just what a good signing Charlie Lee was, uh, Trevor. Yeah, um, I think he was really missed last season. He was out for quite a while, but I mean, this year he's come back and I think him and Clay in the centre of midfield have been excellent most of the season. Um, and there was that, that period when, when Justin had the... Um, he, he was able to name an unchanged side for 10, 11, 12 games. And I think that, you know, that, that is really what the foundation in some ways that the, the good start has, has been laid on, the fact that you had a consistent side. The first decision I suspect Justin made was about the goalkeeper, Dean Brill, and he's been the ever-present, hasn't he, under Justin? Yeah, it was, uh, it was Justin's first decision. Dean was coming here to be our goalkeeping coach. There was no, uh, any any fault of playing as a player uh, but when Justin came in it was more to do with uh, at that time Dean's voice he just thought that we were we were very young we, were, we wasn't the greatest you know defensively and he just felt by Dean's voice he could help us do it now and, and to be fair to Dean when he first started he was about 
stone, stone and a half overweight. He, that's the truth because he was he was a goalkeeping coach. Uh, this year he, he, he's trimmed and, he, and he's, he's been he's played regularly now for over a year. Uh, so he's now back to being a goalkeeper, and, and, and I think we're seeing more and more of what a quality goalkeeper. He's still got his voice. He's still an unbelievable, you know, com uh, command on the pitch, and, uh, and in training. If you go to the training man, he's the voice you can hear all the time, organising and pushing people about, and that, that's a big help for a defender. His presence made a, an immediate impact, didn't it, Trevor? I think so. I think I think that the stat is that he's played in every single minute of every single game since Justin has been manager. Um, and, and the improvement since Justin has been there has been, ex you know, marvellous. Really, where, where you think when he, where he came in and where they were at that time, and obviously a lot of that credit must you know go down to the players that have played and sort of uh, Dean Burrow especially. Martin, can I ask you as director of football, obviously with an overview, what about Sam Sargent? I can understand why Justin, when he's made a lot of changes for the FA Trophy matches, feels that actually he needs someone very stable at the back and it would be the wrong time to bring Sam Sargent in. But at his stage of the career, does he not need sort of competitive football now? Yeah, I think it's... Uh, it, it, we signed him on a two-year contract uh, because to be Dean's number two. Uh, but. We, you know, we've been talking recently, especially if we're going into next season. I think he, he, he may he may have to go. We've got a, a young goalkeeper called Arthur Janata. Saved a penalty, didn't he, at Bishop Stortford? And, and, and I think that Sam may need to go and play out on loan because we play two games a month, reserve games, and it ain't enough. Uh, and the reason I think Justin said to you why he picks Dean in, in, in the trophy games is quite a lot of the time in the trophy game, the back four is new or, or there's two or three different players in there and again he thinks that Dean is the one to organise them uh, and Justin rightly so takes the trophy very important uh, because oh, people say oh, I get away in the, in the way of the league and I'll disagree with that, I think if you're winning games, that matter what the competition, it breeds, it breeds uh, confidence and the other thing is, football players don't have a lot, many times to play at Wembley you know, in their career, and you've got a final at Wembley on the 19th of May, and we're three games for it. Don't tell me that we shouldn't be taking it seriously. That doesn't add up to me. Uh, I mean, I'm going to play devil's advocate now. Um, and I, um, I was in contact with uh, a mate of mine, Tony Insenjo, today. I asked Tony, what's the last side to have won the conference or National League and the FA Trophy on the same season? I was surprised who it was. According to Tony, and he knows he's non league football. Colchester United. Yeah, I, I think my, a good mate of mine was the manager actually, Roy McDonough at the time. Yes. I said that made no difference to me because <laughs> it's, a, it's a stand that we, that yeah. it's a long time ago and, and, and do you feel that the other teams that, that have won the league or come second in the league or won the trophy, by winning the trophy it's cost them to them winning the league title? Well, I I was at Wrexham, yeah. obviously, um, twice, yeah. and um, with the trophy, they've got bad memories of the trophy, but they've got bad memories of the season they won it, mm. because they felt that that was the closest they came to going up, because they got to the uh, playoff final at, at the same time as the FA Trophy final. I think it was uh, Newport County, wasn't it, that uh, yeah. beat them at Justin, wasn't yeah. it? Um, um, and they felt that, um, the tr as you probably would, that the trophy is the reason they didn't go up. And they particularly think that one of the problems is that the two-legged semi-finals are over the two Saturdays. Um, and it pushes 
that extra pressure towards the end of the season. What do you reckon, Trevor? I don't know. I think I'm, I'm with Martin in this. I think if I was a player um, and I had a chance to go to Wembley, I would certainly want to take it. And I think if you're winning games, you're winning games. And I think Orin have got a big enough squad at the moment that they can afford to make two or three changes to key personnel if they need to. So I broaden it out again. I'm again playing devil's advocate. I just wonder, Martin, we've been top of the table since November. I think it's sort of 70 days now, and I think we'll be through to, to February now, at top of the table. Yeah. Um, some of the late night supporters not really enjoying being top of the table. What I thought like yesterday, what was really good for me, was the last 10 minutes we heard, we are top of the league, we are top of the league. It still wasn't very loud, but on occasions, it feels as if we're not too sure here. It's almost as if uh, if we start to enjoy being top of the league, when we, we'll be, the disappointment will hurt even more. And I think what happened with the playoff final, is that true? Especially yeah. after what happened with Dover and uh, Justin, very critical, one or two of the supporters you know, then. I think the, 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 it comes down to uh, what's got on prior us coming in, you know, in terms of that everything was doom and gloom and everything was uh, uh, bad for everybody that was involved. I think that the, 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 the worry comes, as you say, player, we've been in player finals, we've never won at Wembley, we've never done this. I only look at it, and I, I, I'm sorry to fess this up, but we went to Oxford and we went up. 15 seconds to go. There ain't no rhyme and, and fans are going to be apprehensive. But I don't know what they're scared of being top league. I, and, but the thing is with it, I think some of it comes down to as well. I think there's some people that believe that we should want this league because it's the national league and we're really a league one club. That's the biggest load of rubbish we've ever heard. Because Lewin got stuck in it for seven years. Wrexham have been in it for 11 years. If we get out of it in two years, we've, we've, we've done absolutely wonderful. Don't know how many teams have done it in one, Trevor will probably tell me, but there's, there's, there, there ain't many teams that get out of it, get out of it quickly because the, because the backdrop of, of, of the season before. But there's a definite worry factor within our supporters at the moment. I think so. I think as, as well, historically as well, Orin always try and do things as difficult, make life as difficult for themselves as they can. And I think perhaps that, that, that they worry about, I mean, Martin goes back to the, uh, the Oxford day and there was a time with 15 seconds it looked like they were going to go into the playoffs and then suddenly the goal went in 200 miles up the road and then we, you know, at least still got one and that was it and everyone was happy. But I think there is a general perception that if there is a hard way to do things, they will do it. And I can see a scenario, it'll go down to the end of the season uh, and it'll go on goal difference. And the extra goal they got yesterday because of the minute that the squirrel allowed on, they'll go up by one on goal difference. Very <laughs> 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 good point, Trevor. <laughs> yeah. It's all down to the squirrel. But there is a change. I mean, we've, we've known the club for a very long time, haven't we? And it's not always been the most positive. I and mean, Barry Hearn tried ever so hard to change the culture. But I get the sense that with Nigel and particularly with, with, with Kent, their, you know, their enthusiasm coupled with that min winning mentality. And, and tr uh, Justin Edinburgh is such a positive man, isn't he? Uh, and, 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 s and that has to really change the culture of the club. And that takes a long time, Martin. Yeah, I mean, look, the... 
But if I speak to Ken and Nigel, inevitably they always talk about not looking back. So what's gone is gone. Yeah. We will always look forward. What what you know? What's gonna what's gonna happen tomorrow? Because we can affect tomorrow. We can't affect we can't affect yesterday. So if we had that attitude, and that's their attitude in both their businesses, and how they how they do it within their businesses, and they'd be quite successful doing that. The pair of them. You know what I mean? And 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 so yeah, they are positive. I'm very similar uh, myself. Is that you can't affect what's going on. You know, you've got to look forward and how things are going to be, you know, what's going to, what's coming in to our next game. But, you know, let's enjoy the ride. Let's have a smile every now and then. I mean, maybe because I'm sitting a bit, not right on the cold face nowadays, I'm enjoying it more than I probably was as a manager. So it, I, I, I'm certainly very, very positive. I, I did get the sense after the second one went in yesterday that the fans started to really enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. I agree, they did, and, and, and it, it, we want them to enjoy, we want them, because when we go away, there's no, there's no doubt about it, they are a lot more vocal, but that, that's not the absorbing, that's every every league club in, in, in the country, because you get a, uh, a smaller percentage of your crowd that are travelling away, and they're all in the same area, so you're going to get a louder away support, so, and sometimes away from we've got more, sometimes we've got more supporters than the other team in this league. But they are more positive, definitely. Trevor, what about the attendances? There were over 5,000 yesterday. Yeah. Over the years, uh, um, have anything like that. No, I mean, the amazing thing was that yesterday, I think it was 5488, five, um, and that pushed the Orient average attendance up to 5,186 this year, which is the best in the league. It beats Wrexham by five, I think. But you look back to, like, the Russell Slade side, that was another excellent footballing side, their attend average attendance was less than that, 5.023. Martin's team that went up, the average was 4.717. And the Frank Clark side was 3.794. So attendances from that, when even when you've gone up, are much higher now than they have been. I can't really, under I, I can't really understand. I, I think it's, I keep saying this, is that Leighton's changing, changing as a place. Yeah. You know, you go down the high street, there's a smart hotel now, uh, then a couple of shops that have always been there, and you've got a nice restaurant, you know, and there's more money moving into the area. There's million pound houses in Leighton. You know, who yes, would ever yeah. in your lifetime? Yeah. So, but there's more people moving there. There's more new, uh, not new build coming around. And I think that Leighton is, is, getting, uh, is getting, going up as a, as a place. So I think that we are getting, a percentage of them people that are coming into our ground and see it for the first time. And what we've got to do, is, the first time visitors no good to us. That sounds ridiculous. The second time visitors when you start to get mocked. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and it can't be, if you look at them facts, you know, the, the year you're talking about with myself was a promotion season, Russell Adam got in like, right up there, lost in the playoff final. And we're in the National League, uh, at the top, accepted, but the crowd's bigger. There's more to it than that. The crowd is bigger, but it's. More, I think there's a lot more new support coming now than there has been before, Trev. And it felt with the Colchester game and the protest that people sort of felt they were going to lose this. And, and I think sometimes you don't really know what you've got till it's gone, and we came very, very close to losing it. And that's brought people together, hasn't it, Trevor? I think, mate, I think that, that's a valid point. And I think probably the Italian regime, the one thing it actually did do was actually combine and the support has won. You know, the support has always been a little bit fragmented and, they, you know, they didn't like Barrier, they didn't like this, or they didn't like that. But the one thing it did do was unite 
the whole of the fan base and the whole of the fan base suddenly got behind the club and I think it's carried on from there. Definitely. And the people in charge now, all the supporters know that they're, they understand and they care for this club. Yeah, look, I mean, Nigel is, is, a, is supported the club since he was eight years old. I can remember seeing Nigel's <coughs> mum and dad in, 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 the, in the old East Stand when we used to go into the VP club. You know, he's been there since, you know, so he's one of them. He is one of them. I know he's gone to America and, and, and made good, but he always come back. But he, you talk, if you go and talk to Nigel Travis about facts and figures of years and years ago, he's got, he, he knows them all in there about late and iron. And Ken has come in and has, you know, he, he, he's, he's got the bug. You know, he, he's like, he's a, he's a phenomenon, especially in the rounds of footballers, how he does it, I don't know. But, you know, he, he really, really cares for his football club and, and, and the supporters can see that. And he goes and, he goes and sees the supporters. I, I've tried to say to Ken, there's going to be a day when they're not going to like it again. <laughs> yeah, no. There is going to be that day. Yeah. I don't know how he would take that if that if that was the case. But I know one thing, you still front up and go out there talk to him. I know that for a fact. And the club is talking to the fans today. I mean, I, I think tonight, it's not a competition. I think the Orient Outlook uh, podcast have got David and Nigel Travis there. You're here tonight. The communication of the club is very important and that clearly is something that the uh, club is taking very seriously. Yeah, I think it's massive, isn't it? I mean, us it, people that are at the top of the club, you know, I, I see myself as the, as the person below the, the owners, uh, myself and Danny Macklin, if we, you know, if we ain't out there being vocal and being a voice, you know, that's what we're, what we're here to do. Because people like Justin and, and, and a lot of the other people, they have to do it all the time. You know, but when it comes to these type of things, it's down to Nigel, Ken, myself, Danny Macklin, to go, and, to go out there and, 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 and if we have to front up because things ain't going so well, we're front up. If we, if we, if we have to come and, 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 and uh, we're winning games. There's still going to be awkward questions, but you only give an honest answer. If you give an honest answer, you can't go wrong. And we'll get through to some of those questions in uh, just a moment. But there is a theme here, uh, uh, Martin, and uh, you won't be surprised that people are asking about signings. Um, they've been asking about it for a long time. Um, where are we with them? Well, the players coming in? I've done quite. I don't quite get it, if I'm honest. We have signed Jordan, yes. uh, we have signed Jamie Turley. We we thought it's, we think it's very important to keep the nucleus. We thought we had a good squad, which is proven by the league position. Uh, we've we've felt that the, the, there may we may need a striker. With Josh getting injured yesterday means that we we may still need a striker but you know again I'll I, I go back to the Oxford the Oxford or the year I, I, I went up I signed two after Christmas two Calden and Paul Connor to head to what we've already got that, everything that we've got in there has got us where we are so why why, why is everyone worried about no all the time and Wrexham have signed four players two of them strikers and I think they went to five games without a win five without a goal it's not just about new arrivals it's about bedding them in and at Ebbsfleet they have got released five players they have slashed the budget and they've been pushing forward ever since haven't they weren't until last weekend yeah it's like it's, we believe in, in, you know the boys that have been in there like most of them have been for two have been in there for two years 
So they've been in there ingrained or a year. They've been in the building with, for 18 months, but a year of that with Justin. So they all know, they all know what Justin wants and how, uh, how he wants to do things. We speak constantly. We've got, you know, if we ever feel that we're going short in any position, so James Dayton's getting injured, so we feel like we ain't got four wingers anymore, we've only got three. So we go and get Jordan Maguire Drew. We lose two centre-halves, we go and get a centre-half. We lose a centre-forward yesterday, we may need to finish a centre-forward, but that's what we've looked at all the time. There's, we've always had a 22-man squad with two players for each position. And go and have a look at it, and I write it down on a sheet of paper for everybody. Eight defenders, eight midfielders, four forwards, actually five forwards and three goalkeepers. So we're more than covered in all positions. We may need a striker. If Josh Caroma gets a scan tomorrow, it tells us it's going to be out six weeks. And then we, but the board, the, board, the board will give me permission to go and get a striker. Also, our window don't shut. Our window don't shut. So if people can get their head around this, on the 1st of February, we will get better players than the 31st of January. The reason being is that players that don't get out to clubs into the league who think they're league players don't get out. We're now the best. We're now the best option. We're the best club outside the league, so we get better players. Trevor, I'd imagine the hardest uh, person to sign is a striker because they've got to score goals. Let's start with Macaulay Bond because that was a fantastic deal. Yeah, I mean Macaulay was a uh, a joint deal between me and Steve Foster. To be honest with you, Steve. I'd watched him a lot and, and liked him. I'd watched him quite a lot. Again, it, Sam comes into the equation a little bit because he used to be, uh, he used to play a year up from Sam and, and play for Colchester. So it was when Sam used to play youth team football, he, all, all this talk was about Macaulay Bond and I'd sort of followed, followed him because he was, the, he was the one that they was talking about being the, the, the next big best thing. I say Steve liked him and when Steve said to me that they were gonna let him go on a free transfer, I said, they won't let him go on a free transfer. Uh, but they did. There is a sell-on in, in, in that free transfer, but that doesn't bother me or anyone else, because if he does well, everyone's a winner. So it, it, it's worked out. It, no one could see it working out as it has, but we, we knew that he'd be a good player in this league. Well, I understand there's been uh, some technical difficulties. You might have heard some uh, moving the mics in the background. All we can do is uh, apologise. Can I ask about um, Macaulay Bond? Because everybody's talking about uh, signings as if they're coming in. Has there been any interest in the man that scored 20 goals this No, there's been, there's been no interest in, in Macaulay or anyone in, in, in the squad at the moment, which it doesn't surprise me because the, the, the Macaulay Bonds and, and, and the Josh Caromas and the Marvin Ekpatitas, to name but three, we will be the third run of the window. So what I mean by that is that they're not going to be on number one, two or three on anyone's list. But they'll be they'll be like four, five, six, or maybe down a bit lower. One, two, three can't go across everybody. So one, two, three goes to three clubs, and then you go down your next list. So I think that this week will be the interesting week about players from here who are what I call the third runs of the of the window. Is there a sell-on to um, coaches? Yeah, there is, there's a there's a sell-on. Yeah, there's a sell-on. We got him on a free transfer. Uh, yeah, the, the, but at the time to get him on a free was a surprise so the sell-on was was always going to be there but for me that's you know if we have to give Colchester a percentage of a fee that we make and he scored us 50 goals over two years I think it's quite a good deal anyway so and Trevor he signed didn't he an extension to his contract in the summer and that was so important yeah and uh, you know you just go back to his goal scoring as might be saying 50 where he's got 20 this season or 21 and he got 22 last season. Um, and so he's got 20, two seasons running. 
and I mean there was a, a nearly a 40 year gap between uh, you know Kitchen scoring 21 in 1978 and then Jay Simpson it took nearly 40 years for anyone else to reach 20 goals so to actually get 20 goals, two seasons running. I mean, I read a fact today, I don't know where I read it, that the, he's the first person to get back-to-back -back 20 goals flying on since Tommy Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, which is, a, you know, he don't, it's amazing. And then it, it is, what did you say, it's 21 or 20? Yeah. It is 20, because the National League took the goal off him, and he's also on goal bonus, so it's definitely 20. <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder that. <laughs> um, can I also ask about um, strikers that have found it harder to, to settle Matt Harold and uh, now James Alabi yeah I think that uh, I would just say be beware of what you say about uh, James Alabi because they were saying the same things about Craig Clay and, and, and Joe Woodison last year I think he has took time to settle there's no doubt about it it can be frustrating sometimes because you look at him uh, in training uh, or you look at him on the pitch sometimes and then you think, wow, you know, he'll have a 10 minute spell, 15 minute spell. But he ain't as gone as well as, J as James would hope. But he has got 20 goals in this league previously. I've done a couple of um, commentaries where Glenn Wilkie's been the co commentator and Glenn's pointed out things that James Alabi is doing, especially at the Maidenhead game, that I hadn't really appreciated or acknowledged. Look, he, he, he speaks to any of the players they love playing with yeah. him, right? He, he's a bit of a... he take, take all the hits and come out with no credit, you know what I mean? And, and he's going to be judged on goals. That's as simple as that. He's got two goals, I think, this season. So he's going to be judged uh, on goals. Nowhere near good enough. But do I think that James Larby is a, is a bad signing? No. Do I think James Alabi could have could have could have been a better signing as we uh, sitting in now? Yes, but I put him somewhere in the middle. And when we finish at the end of the two years with James Alabi, we see where we are because people, as I say, just jump on on bits with him that that, that are similar to other people. Uh, and Trevor, you mentioned Jay Simpson. He's training with the team. Yeah, Jay's been with us for seven weeks. You know, he's been training at the training ground for seven weeks and uh, he he was a good friend with Joby and they asked Justin and Justin said to me, I said, look, I can't see no problem with it. Uh, and he's it, he's trained there for seven weeks. Would I like Jay Simpson to sign for this football club? Yes, I would. But Jay Simpson is in a situation where he's been in America for two years, he's played in the championship, he's played in League One, so Jay Simpson's going to give all them other clubs who are in the league a chance to, start to, to come in for him before he signs for Leighton Orient, in my opinion. So on the 1st of February, I know he's a bit different, Jay, actually, because if he's unemployed during the January market, he can still go to someone. So I think that Jay wants to be a league player. You know, I've spoke to Jay a couple of times and said, look, I know you want to be a league player. We want to be a league club coming out with B1. <laughs> but Jay's been brilliant at the training ground. He helps our younger players as well, you know what I mean? It, it, it's just for Macaulay Bond and, and, and Josh Caroma, James Alabi, when they're doing finishing, they've got Jay with them, it helps him. So for us, it's a, it's a benefit all round. At the moment, he's training with us, you know, we've still got a week in the window. It, uh, you know, I'd love him to come, and, come on, on board and join us, but, it's, you know, that's up to Jay Simpson, not up to me.
Richard Hayden's been in touch. He's uh, tweeting at the Orient Hour, asking if there's any new contracts for either Quay Clay or Charlie Lee. Uh, we are we are assessing uh, everybody that's coming out of contract at the end of the season. So we're we're just going through them now. Uh, the owners have just been over for five days, so we've got budgets that have been set for the National League and League Two. Once I've got a budget set, i.e. a figure, then I can start to manoeuvre with where, the, where, where all the pieces of the jigsaw fit. Obviously, the pieces of the jigsaw come from Justin, where, who he wants, you know, and do they fit into the, the way structure to be. So everyone that's coming out of contract in, in the summer uh, uh, are being talked about as we speak. You know, there's Miles Judd, there's... James Dayton, there's Charlie Lee, as you said, there's there's Joe Widdison, there's you know, there's there's quite a few of them. So yeah, they're they people uh, there's you know, people that we've talked to and, and, and said that, you know, we really like what you're doing at the moment, so we're gonna we'll see where we go moving forward. Gonna open it out now. We as you know we've asked for questions uh, via the um, audience um, Form and the first is from the Martin Ling fan club. I don't know how many members there are, Martin. One. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, the question is, does the club need a director of football when there is such an experienced manager, such as Justin Edinburgh? Well, the club have built the uh, the structure that they think is going to be the most successful for the club, and uh, I think with our owners, twofold really. One fold, they're not in the country, and twofold, not being disrespectful to either Kent or Nigel, they don't know a lot about the football industry. They feel they needed a director of football. So, for me, I would have loved to have one. You know, I've got a great relationship with Jay, uh, with Justin. Uh, it's a job I love doing. I know the club inside out. I know the football world inside out. So for me, it, it, it's a, it's a great job. But. I always tried to be, maybe not the answer to the question, I've always tried to be a director of football that I would have wanted if I was the manager, i.e. I don't interfere. I don't interfere with uh, uh, team selection, I don't interfere, I'll go over the training round twice, I'll you know, have a bit of lunch with them, but I'll keep myself well out of the way. If Justin's got a question to ask me about as I'm sitting on the third floor, of course I'll give him an answer to it, but I don't interfere. I, the football side of it and the result side of it is nothing to do with me. Paul's been in touch, he's saying, uh, obviously you've been in charge of football managers for a while now, and he guesses that the setup is how you would want it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, we've got a real, we've got a real solid base of, uh, of staff that, that, that that's, uh, everyone in the right place, you know, you've got people like uh, Ross Embo and Danny Webb, you know, supporting Justin, you know, we've got goalkeeping coaches, we've got... Uh, sports. We've got more cut, more more staff than I, I ever had when I was here, like uh, fitness staff and everything like that. And everything at the everything in this football club is done to the to the you know to the level of what I would expect the League One club to be done at. So yeah, I'm really happy with it. Thor goes on to talk about um, the youngsters, and there's a specific uh, question from Cheddar Bob, and he's saying. What about the academy? There are rumours that maybe the academy will have to close in the future. There's been no decision made on the academy. Uh, but what people got to understand is that we had, whilst we was a uh, first year out of the football league, 
we had 50% funding, or it's 100% funding, but you, you, you spend 50% and, and the league give you 50%. This year it's been uh, a quarter, next year it's nothing. Put on top of that, the, the, we've got 100, 100 boys that are signed to us at the moment, and any club anywhere can, can just come and pick them out and we've got no protection. We can't play in the games programme. So it may be not us shutting the academy, it's maybe people forcing us not being to, uh, people to have an academy, which I think is sad, but that is the rules. Trevor, again, going back all the years that we've been together following the O's, I can't remember such a seam of promising young players coming through together like it's been in the last couple of years or so. No, I think that's right, and I think that's probably been one of the big success factors in recent, you know, in the last two or three years. You look at the first team at the moment, and there's, you know, there's you know, several in there that have, have come right the way through. You know, even if you go back to sort of Frank Clark's days, I mean, Stevie Castle, I think, come through the ranks, but, you know, Kevin Nugent, but, you know, there's, there's always been one or two. I think every area you go to has been one or two coming through the youth section, and I think, you know, it's probably more than that at this moment. Well, in, in, in a 24-man squad, there's eight, so it's a third. I think it's as... I had quite high numbers because when I was managing, I, obviously I come from the youth, we had a big group, but it's, it, it's a, it's a, I think there's eight in the first team that squad uh, that come through the youth structure. Some like Sam went away and come back, uh, but they come through the system. And behind them we've got, well, young Jaden Sweeney, who's played in a couple of trophy games. He's excellent. Yeah, who's only a first year scholar. Uh, there's a few, a few in that group that, that, that we're really excited by as well. Related question again from Bob, asking which of the current squad do you think is going to go on to play at a higher level? Oh, I hope they ain't all listening. <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, I think that if I had to pick one player that can turn a game in in an instant and I suppose that's the only reason I'm saying it would be Josh Karoma uh, because he is one that, that excites he, 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 he can he can turn a game and, and, and he can just you know he can do a bit of magic from any time now you know the difference in the Josh Karoma that we've got now to when Justin come in is amazing because Josh uh, wasn't the most concentrated on his training and he wasn't the most uh, great you know he didn't always do what he should have done you know on the training pitch and, and, and away from the training ground I think Justin does two things to, with him he, he got into him himself but he also gave him Joby as a mentor and Joby mentors not just him but Joby mentors most of the young players and, and, the, and the fact that Joby can give them the way to do it and, and it was successful for him I think really helps Martin, can I ask about uh, the situation with George Elakobi? Obviously, one of the first players that you signed when yeah. you took over. Um, what's the situation there now? The thing is, with it, there's uh, we work on very much a team ethic. We work as a, a unit, or team, from me down to the kit man. You know, if you want it, we're very much a team ethic. And, and George uh, went outside that team ethic uh, last week, uh, so Justin wasn't comfortable with with what went on. And that it was the first time that someone's gone outside of the, of the boundaries that that we that we got there, uh, and we all thought it was best after a co long consultation that the the job was made available for transfer. Now, because George is such a big character, it's best to get him away from the training ground, for George's sake and for our sake. So, George is on the transfer list. 
uh, we are paying George uh, as you know paying him as as he would be before, but we are advising him to find employment elsewhere. Not pushing him out the door because we ain't going to not pay him. But I think the best thing for George is to go out on loan somewhere or possibly take a pay up from us and then go to someone else. Because Trevor, the spirit in this camp has been so good and is so important for the remaining matches. I think it's vital, I think not only for the remaining matches, but I think if any successful side, you look at Martin's team, you know, you look at Tom Mackey and that, the team spirit there, you look at Frank Clark's side. Um, there was, that was the common denominator, that you've had a really great team spirit. And I think over the course of time, when they're actually signing players, I think one of the big things you have to look at is how they're going to fit into a group. Because it's like any it's like any business. If you've got a small team, whether you're running a, a sports department, whether you're on a radio station, wherever you're running, you want a good team that are always going to back you and you want the right spirit. And Justin cemented that by, if you're in the team, he tends not to drop you, does he? No, he, he, he's, yeah, he, he, he picks, I suppose it's easier to pick uh, continue to pick people when they're winning games but no he's very Justin you know he, he, he likes people that, that are honest hard working I mean I played with Justin for three years and he was honest and an hard working player that got a move to Tottenham and when he was at Tottenham he was an honest and hard working player Justin the turn around and say oh, I never had the most skill in the world he was a good quality player but he got to the top by being honest and hard working and that's what he expects of his players and if his players give him that then, then, then he's happy. So he, anything that dips below that ain't good enough for Justin, and I love that. And you've both achieved success at this level, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's... Yeah, we've been successful, you know. I was successful, uh, Justin's been successful, but as I said, I think I said when I first came in, I said to Trevor, with Justin, as a, as a director of football, you know what he wants. And there's nothing better than being, being in a position when you work that you know what somebody, or somebody tells you what they want. I can't always give it him, because I might have to move it upwards and try and get it, and it, but you know what he wants. And he'll ask for it, or he, you know, and, and we, 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 we work together in that way. Thank you, Mark. I'm going to open it up now. This was a strange weekend. It's one of those games that you're going to always remember, not because of the goals. It will be about that school. So um, I asked at the top of the show about um, strange situations that have led to a match being stopped, abandoned or postponed. Uh, Martin? All I could think about, Dave, was uh, as a manager, they were both the same instances, to be honest with you. And as a manager, I was managing... I think it was Leonorin actually at Torquay and we got uh, the floodlights went down and uh, the referee came over to me we were 2-0 down and he said it's very dark isn't it I said yeah I can't see a thing uh, and, and then we went into the dressing room for 20 minutes no more lights come back on went outside and we finished the game I said it was still as dark then and, and it was playable first time round and the second instance I was playing for Swindon and I scored a goal against Tranmere uh, and the lights went out and the game was abandoned and I was the only one who was gay because we was losing 2-1 oh, yeah. but I scored oh. you know, so but there yeah. so two lights out for me Trev Trevor well I can't remember a game I can remember an incident after a game in the press box there was a bomb scare <laughs> and uh, they wanted to get everyone out of the ground quickly and said will you please all get out and I mean I think I was first out I was there <laughs> Don Allen the legendary Don Allen was still phoning over his copy to PA and he up. would not leave and would not go out he did not get out of the press box until he'd phoned his copy over 
Fantastic. Thank you very much. Can I say thank you to Trevor and uh, to, to Martin for joining us today. And, uh, well, no, apparently, no, I, I misread the, the cue there. This is definitely dull. We've got another two minutes to go, so I can share my story. This is Billericay's New Lodge. And uh, this is going back a long, long time. Um, and it was a pre-season friendly. Um, I think I was involved with Harwich and Parkson, covering Harwich back in those days. And there was a hot air balloon that was coming towards the ground. And you know they've got those pitches just behind New Lodge. Yeah. Uh, and this hot air balloon was getting lower and lower. I don't think the referee blew the whistle, because I don't think he had to. Literally everybody stopped, because it was getting closer and closer to the pitch. It, it landed on the pitches immediately behind uh, the terrace there, uh, and everything was fine, and the game resumed, but it was a, a very, very strange um, situation. But we'll always remember the little squirrel. It was very odd doing a commentary of a squirrel, and as I said to uh, Justin, I didn't understand why we needed to stop the game for a squirrel. I can understand a dog, but there didn't seem to be a, a, a big threat. Would you have stopped the game, Martin? Well, I suppose the only thing is, if someone, if you carried on and someone would have stepped on it, there would have been someone taking a photo of it, and everyone said, why didn't you stop the game? That's all I can see. I don't think it could affect the ball in any... Well, I don't know. At Sawston, do you get a lot of squirrels on the pitch? <laughs> no, no, no. We get, well, I'm a bit worried about Orin because we've had the fox. Yeah. Uh, yes, we did, yes. got the squirrel, it's more like Animal Farm, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose if you go up, we can get rid of T.I. on a taxi and have nice one squirrel yeah very very good well again i think now it is time to say thank you very much and also good luck next week to oliver mike and darren i think i've shown you today how it shouldn't be done thanks very much to everybody <laughs> Most bad guys won't believe A bulletproof coat, a cannon hat Machine gun cane with a rat tat 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 By foreign spies, his disguise Takes him many places, he's a squirrel basis Who's that? 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 Who's